Good morning. Oh, you learned from last week. Well done, well done. Uh, are there any announcements this morning? Heather, are you going to come forward now? All right. Heather has an announcement, and then anyone else I can invite to come up and speak. Check, 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 check. Good morning. Um, I just want to let you know of a few things going on. Um, firstly, I have a little handout of all of the, the programs um, that are happening. If anybody needs one to put on their fridge, uh, let me know. There's a couple at the back there, although I realized I forgot to put ukuleles on there. So there's ukuleles on Sunday mornings at 9.30. There's choir if anyone wants to join the choir. We're always looking for more people to come and sing with us. Uh, we rehearse most Thursday evenings at 7.30. Hi. Um, uh, there's also children's hand chimes um, that are most Thursdays at 3.45 and adult hand chimes that are most Thursdays at 6.30. So if you have any questions about any of those things, um, you're very welcome to come and check it out and see if it's for you. Uh, you can either call the church or you can email me at uh, family underscore grace at whiteman.ca, <laughs> I think. Um, uh, or just ask me, you know, anytime on Sundays. Um, I also want to let you know I'm doing a yoga nidra on Friday evening at 6 o'clock. For anyone that's wondering what the heck that is, um, it's basically kind of like a guided meditation, so it's very good for the nervous system. It's very calming. It's very relaxing. It's deep, deep relaxation. Um, if you're concerned about mobility, it's most often done lying down, um, so I would recommend bringing a yoga mat or a blanket, and I will have lots of both of those things as well. Um, yeah, it's essentially just a, a, a guided relaxation technique. And if anybody's concerned about lying down, you can also do it in a chair. Uh, if you're worried about being still for, you know, it's probably, a, depending on who comes, I'll gauge if we can do it for 20 minutes, 25, maybe 30 at most. Um, you can also do it while, while walking. So um, we can adjust it to, to um, whatever people's body needs are. Um, so if you have any questions about that, you can also come and talk to me about that today. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Heather. I had the privilege of um, attending Music Thursday. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. You should come out for the hand chimes. There's so much fun. Yes, the kids, they were rocking with a little ode to joy, or as some of you might know it, Drink Milk, Love Life back in the day. Drink milk, love life. Anyways. Um, and the adult hand chimes are amazing. The choir, fabulous as well. So uh, definitely worth, uh, worth joining. Any other announcements? Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Mm -hmm. um, just in the um, announcements, you'll notice there's a Valentine card workshop, and it's listed as Tuesday the 7th, but it is not. So for those who have signed up and thought, oh, I've got the wrong date down, it's actually Monday the 6th from 1230 to 330. So just uh, 
take that note that it is there is a diff, uh, change. Anyway, anyone who is interested in joining us, it's a lot of fun. Susan Schlorf brings uh, all everything provided. Uh, you make three special cards, and they're really fun. And you don't have to be super, you know, crafty to do it. Um, she's very good, and we work in groups, and it's a lot of fun. So anyone, just see me after church if that's something you're interested in. Um, just as a note, book club we run, and anyone is welcome to join any time. We do do it online. Uh, we have a lot of fun, um, and uh, we have great discussions with lots of authors coming in. And also, on regularly on Monday mornings, we have a chair yoga, but that is also on uh, done virtually on Zoom. It's just a very gentle and a lot of fun that uh, we get together as a weekly thing. Thanks. Thank you. Anyone else? Last call? All right. So as we gather in this space this morning, we recognize that we are on the traditional territory of the Odawa, Mississauga, and Anishinaabewaki First Nations and the Métis people, and that we are all people of Treaty 45 and a half. May we continue to work to be in right relations with our Indigenous neighbours and speak up and speak out against systemic racism and colonialism. I would invite you to join in the musical call to worship. It's More Voices number 14, when two or three are gathered. And I'm going to turn it over to Heather, and she's going to explain because we're going to do something a little fancy-like with it. We're going to try it as a round. Um, so I'm going to suggest, actually, I can walk. Um, I'm seeing that there's a perfect line right here. So maybe what we could do is we'll sing it all together twice, just to make sure that everybody feels familiar and comfortable with it. And then what I think we can do is we can divide the congregation in group one, group two, and then choir is going to be group three. So we'll have three uh, different starting points for the same song. So let's just sing it through twice together. Um, yeah. And please stand. When two or three are gathered in my name, So we'll begin, Pastor Jen will sing with this group at the beginning, and when they get to where two or three are gathered, where two or three, and then we'll start then, and then choir will join after that. So if you're not sure when, if you're not sure when to start this side of the group, start with me. <laughs> and we'll do it two times through? And we'll do it two times through. So once you're in, you sing for two times through.
beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Heather, for your leadership. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called children of God. Let us take a moment and extend a sign of Christ's peace to one another. Peace be with you. So before we light the Christ candle, the Heather and the choir have very graciously um, learned this piece in Christ alone. So they're going to sing the first verse. We're going to listen to it, help it. It's going to help center us. I'll light the Christ candle, and then we're going to be invited to sing that same verse together with them. Okay? So first, you're just sitting, listening, centering. I'll light the candle and then we'll sing it together in Christ alone. Join your hearts with mine in prayer. Let us pray. Ground us in you, O sacred spirit, for you are the wellspring from which our lives flow. You are the river of delight that buoys up our spirits. You are limitless depths of goodness and grace in whose gentle currents we pass our days. Even when we forget to notice your encompassing love, it sustains us. Therefore, with gratitude, we answer your spirit's summons and with thanksgiving come to worship you. In the name of Jesus, your anointed one, who brought people together as one, and we pray the following words that he taught us. Please join us in the Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven.
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Morning, kiddos. Really? Nothing? Come on, I give you like, morning, kiddos, and I get... All right, let's try it again. Morning, kiddos. Ah, thank you. That's just so wonderful. How are you both doing today? Thumbs up, down to the side. Yeah? Shall we ask them how they're doing today? All right, so count of three. Say, how are you doing today? One, two, three. Excellent. All right, how was your week? Exciting. So would you give me a thumbs up for that then? Thumbs up down to the side. How were your weeks? Excellent. Shall we ask how their weeks were? All right. One, two, three. Excellent. Oh, wonderful. Thumbs up all around. All right. So today we are going to talk about how to fish for people. I know, right? With a fishing lure. Oh, Stand clear of Claire, because she's going to fish for people with a fishing lure. So there's this saying or like proverb that says, if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Okay. But if you teach a man a fish, to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Any idea what that might mean? Right, exactly. So if you just give somebody something, don't teach them how to do anything with it, then they're going to keep relying on you to either keep giving it to them or they're just going to enjoy it that one time and then that's it. But if you teach them, then they will be able to do it again and again and again. And then if you teach them, do you think they could maybe go out and teach somebody else? Now, if we think about Jesus for a moment, and Jesus' ministry, because we're going to talk about that today too. So he said to some fishermen, he was like, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So what do you think Jesus might have meant by that? So obviously we're not going to use fishing lures to like fish for people, you know, apparently they have laws against that, so, but... I know, I know, right? Takes away all the fun, these laws and rules. Um, but with Jesus, if Jesus said to you, come follow me, we're going to be fishers of people, what would be your initial reaction? Uh, concerned. <laughs> concerned? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, can I tell you that the people in the story that he said it to, so he said it to two groups of two people, they just stopped what they were doing. They got up and they went with him. No questions asked. I know, right? I, I don't know if I could do the same. So Jesus, what Jesus is doing is like the part of the proverb that says, if you teach a man to fish, then he can 
eat all the time, right? So Jesus, if Jesus teaches us how to love God and how to love people and interact with people, then we'll know how to do it, and then we can teach other people how to do it, and we'll just keep going and going and going. And that's so we can just spread the love all around. Make a bit of sense? Yeah? So no humans will be um, harmed in fissures of people. There'll be no lures or anything. We're just going to hook into what Jesus is teaching us and love everybody. (laughs) Hook in. All right. Let's take our left hand, our right hand, clap them together. And please repeat after me. Dear Jesus. Oh, let's try that again. All the people here. Dear Jesus. Thank you for loving us, for teaching us, for calling us, for showing us the way. Help us to continue to be fishers of people, teaching them how to love God and love each other every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, kiddos, you can head out. Thank you for your wisdom. I didn't originally intend to be doing so much today, but um, but all of the ensembles are still learning new music after the Christmas season, so it's on me today. So this is a song, I can't remember what it's called. It's in my book over there. Come Lord Jesus, come, I think. Or All Who Are Thirsty. Maybe it's All Who Are Thirsty. Um, you might have to turn me up a little bit. I'm going to do this. See? 
Thank you, Heather. That was beautiful. So today's story of mission is called Real-Time Relief. Real-Time Relief really makes a world of difference, uh, T. Van Huang's work. First there was the pandemic, then Russia invaded Ukraine, causing a global energy crisis and worldwide food shortages. These in turn worsened an already precarious food security situation for many communities. According to UNOCHA, the largest global food crisis in modern history is unfolding. At a time when it feels like there's a new crisis confronting us each and every day, it's reassuring to know that mission and service partners provide real-time relief around the world on a daily basis. Program Coordinator for Sustainable Development and Humanitarian Response at the United Church of Canada, T. Van Huang, reminds us, there is no us and them. We are one community. The United Church is an integral part of a multinational network of partners and ecumenical relationships in over 120 countries. That means whenever there's an emergency, Mission and Service is there to help. In 2020, a major explosion ripped through Beirut, killing 200 people and injuring 7,000 more. Thanks to generous gifts to Mission and Service, we were able to support partners to respond quickly, providing critically important tools that helped to free people who were trapped under the rubble. And as the city recovers, Mission and Service partners continue to assist in rebuilding schools, homes, and other infrastructure. Although Mission and Service has recently focused on COVID-19 relief, there's another looming catastrophe that requires our immediate attention. Without a doubt, climate change worries me the most, Huang says. We're seeing increases of drought, flood, and severe storms that have destroyed crops and agricultural land. The more we support mission and service, the better we can respond to climate calamities. People who contribute the least to greenhouse gases are often the most impacted by climate change, Huang says. Your gifts have made and will continue to make huge differences around the world. Wherever an emergency strikes, thanks to you, Mission and Service is there to help. The scripture reading, uh, Psalm 27, 1 and 4 to 9. In the darkness of the night, I lie awake and tremble. But, but with, with the, the dawn, fears fade away. away. When I can see with my own eyes that there is nothing to be afraid of, why should I fear? If, if I, I could, could see with God's eyes, I would, I would know, know I have, have nothing, nothing to fear. All I ever wanted was peace and harmony. I, I would, would love to live serenely in God's presence. Instead of protecting me from the tragedies of life, God gives me ways to cope with them. I have only one desire, one goal in life. I want, I want to be, be part, part of, of your, your family. family. I want to look along the festive table and touch the bonds of kinship with my cousins, my ancestors, my descendants. Within, Within the, the family, family, I can feel safe. When fearsome monsters lurk under the surface of my mind, come, come to, to my rescue. rescue. Turn to me, you say. Do things my way. 
From, from the bottom, bottom of my heart, heart, God, I have turned to you. Don't turn away from me. You, you are, are my only hope. And today's scripture reading is Matthew 4, 12 to 23. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth, Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And he went from there. He saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. Okay, there was a lot of tricky words in there and I hadn't seen that before. <laughs> and may these words, tricky ones and all, from scripture be woven into the tapestry of our lives. Amen. So the message today, one fish, two fish, and not like Dr. Seuss would say, red fish. But one fish, two fish, let's learn to people fish. I just wanna put a little disclaimer in as well. What I talk about today may stretch you, it may challenge you, and that's okay. Just don't throw anything at me, okay? <laughs> but I just pray that you would listen with open hearts and open minds and whatever it is that the Spirit needs to tell you, that you would be open to that and listening to what they, you are being called to do. So our gospel passage this morning from the book of Matthew starts out in a pretty dismal way. Jesus finds out that his cousin, John the Baptist, the very same man who Jesus asked to baptize him, has been arrested and is in jail facing the death penalty and is later beheaded, that we find out in Matthew chapter 14, verses 1 to 12. Not a super awesome fate for John. And this was all because John spoke about revival, repentance, and the kingdom of heaven. What John the Baptist spoke about, revival, repentance, and the kingdom of heaven, these were the foundations of Jesus' ministry. Jesus' family and friends may have been gravely concerned about Jesus continuing on the same path that his cousin John had already laid out and had been beheaded for. Maybe 
it would have been in the best interests of Jesus's ministry to wait until the powers that be in the Roman Empire settle down a bit after being all fired up about John the Baptist and then Jesus could start his ministry and that would probably give it a better chance to start and flourish rather than to just start a little bit and then immediately end. But does Jesus do that? Nope, he does not. In spite of this heart-wrenching news about John, Jesus decides to leave the wilderness, to head to Galilee, to share that the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus not only speaks about the kingdom of heaven, but also embodies it with his life and his ministry and the reality of the kingdom of heaven bursting forth in the midst of the bad times of this world. As Jesus is speaking about the kingdom of heaven, he travels along the Sea of Galilee and comes upon two brothers, Simon Peter and Andrew, who are casting their nets into the sea as they were fishermen. And Jesus says to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. The passage continues on to say that they immediately left their nets and followed Jesus. They didn't finish what they were doing. They didn't say to Jesus, oh, hold on. We've got some things that we need to do first. Or, yeah, we have that friend's party to go to tonight. So this timing of us following you, it's just not going to work for us. So we'll, we'll follow you tomorrow. That's not what they did. They left immediately. In quick succession, Jesus, Simon, Peter, and Andrew came upon two other brothers, James and John, and their father Zebedee, who were mending their nets. Jesus called to them just like he did to Simon, Peter, and Andrew, follow me and I will make you fish for people. The scripture passage goes on and says that James and John immediately left the boat and their father and followed Jesus. They didn't ask if they could go pack up some belongings or maybe say goodbye to their mom or complete mending their nets and then they could go. They stopped what they were doing and they went immediately. I want you to think of a time in your life when you were called to drop what you were doing and immediately do something else and that wasn't an emergency situation. So just something in general in your life where you were called to drop what you were doing and immediately do something else. What are some thoughts that were maybe going through your mind? Were you able to immediately stop what you were doing and do something else without tidying up, without questioning, without making other arrangements? Discipleship is hearing God's call and obeying it, period. Even if it means radical changes of direction in life. Let me just say that again in case you were napping. Discipleship is hearing God's call and obeying it, period. Even if it means radical changes of direction in life. 
When Jesus asks us to leave everything behind, he's inviting us to put our hand in his and go wherever he goes. If we put our hand in Jesus's hand, we will end up in places we never imagined being, doing things we never imagined ourselves doing and sharing life, fellowship, service, and worship with people we would have never imagined ourselves interacting with. I want to take a moment and just share a little bit about my call to ministry because I would not be standing here in front of you. I wouldn't be in fellowship and service and worshiping with you if I didn't answer the call. Did I do it immediately? Details. So for those of you who don't know, but I think most of you do, before I became a minister, I was a music teacher. So as an instrumental music teacher, I taught recorders and singing and um, band instruments, and it was just wonderful. And I was going to do that until I retired in March 2032. Yes, teachers, we know things like that when we get to retire. I didn't know what I was going to do after, but I didn't care because I was living the dream. I had gone through school, got my Bachelor of Music, got my Bachelor of Education, was able to land a job, and boom, I was off to the races. Not too long after I started teaching, I also took a job as a music director at the local United Church. And I will share this part with you because uh, it will make you chuckle and uh, humanize me a little bit more to you as well. So I had an interview set up to be a music director. I couldn't play piano very well at all. Um, and I ended up being late for the interview because I got a speeding ticket on the way to the interview. <laughs> I was about 15 or 20 minutes late, mm -hmm, and they were still there waiting for me. So I walk in, I'm all flustered, and I mean, I just told the truth. Like, what am I gonna do? Like, sorry, I was late, I was finishing my hair. Uh, no, I was late because I was speeding and I got pulled over. So then I had to play for them. So we had a conversation and then I had to play a piece of music. Well, the only Christian music at the time that I had was nearer my God to, to thee. Oh, mercy, I butchered that something bad. <laughs> oh, I was like, I played it all the whole time thinking, oh man, it is gonna be a stinking miracle if I get this job. <laughs> so, finished the interview, they were very polite. They're like, you know, thank you, whatever, we'll get back to you, and in my mind, I'm like, yeah, okay, you'll get back to me. <laughs> you can just say no right now, it's fine. But I got the job, and honestly, by some grace of God, because it, I had things stacked against me, I was music director for 14 years and taught for 14 years. And in the last probably four or five years of being a music director, I started taking on more of a leadership role in the church. I would fill in when the minister was off on holidays or on study leave, because to me it was just like teaching. I got to research, prepare a lesson, read through the Bible, learn a little more about it, pick apart some things and share some learnings that I was able to, to have. And then I just one day had it on my heart. I had the opportunity to fill in for our minister for the summer. So he would take a whole month off and five Sundays in a row. So I was able to fill in for him. And 
I just, I loved it. It was just, I felt so filled and like it was like at home, like it's like where I was meant to be. And I was also struggling in the music classroom. I don't think my students would ever say that they maybe noticed a difference, but I noticed a difference on the inside. I felt like I was becoming, and no offense to any retired teachers here, I felt like I was becoming one of those crotchety, cranky retired teachers who have to come back to work. They could, you know, they were able to retire, but maybe they have to come back and make money for whatever reason or, and I felt that my students deserve better than that. So I said to my friend Hazel at the time, she had been the one to get me, she was on the committee to hire me as music director and she walked with me the whole time and continues to walk with me still. And I said to her, I'm gonna go into ministry. And she was like, oh great, you know, yeah, I could totally see you doing that. She's a retired teacher as well. Not crotchety, does not supply teach. Um, and, and then she was like, oh yeah, I could see you doing that like after you, uh, after you retire. No, I'm gonna do it now. She's like, what? Yes, I'm gonna do it now. So went through discernment for a year, because at the time in the United Church, and I kind of thought that was a bit of a, I was like, what? I have to meet with people once a month, and they're going to tell me what God is calling me to do? Yeah, okay, they're humans. Like, how are they going to know? But I wouldn't have changed that year of discernment for the world, because they asked me hard questions. And because I am a single mom, and I have two beautiful children, Bella and Nev, 16 and 13 now, God help me with the teenage years, but I had to look out for them. I had already gone through and done my post-secondary. So for me to go through and do ministry, it felt a bit selfish on my part because they were gonna be going off to post-secondary not too long a time. So pieces just fell into place and kept falling into place. And I knew that it was a call. Did I go immediately? Nope. I had so many questions. I dug my heels in. I was like, nope, God, not going to happen. Or I would do those things where you make like a deal with God, which I wouldn't recommend. It was probably just a fluke because God knows how I need to know things like I have to get whacked over my head almost to know that this is God talking to me. But when I'd say, all right, well, if you want me to be a minister, then you have to make sure that I have this person, this person, and this person on my discernment committee. Boom, they were there. Hmm. Okay. And a few more times, things like that happened. So this, I say all this to say I get it. I did not do it immediately like these humble fishermen in, this, in our scripture passage today. I did it, dragging my heels, kicking and screaming at some parts, um, breaking down in tears because I just felt overwhelmed and I, I had no idea if I could do it. But then I was reminded of a crucial part of discipleship, which is trusting in the one who has called us to faithfully lead us from what is known and comfortable into what is unknown and perhaps uncomfortable. So just a quick sidebar. I want you to take a moment and think about people who have been and or are activists today. So some names that immediately came to my mind, Dr. Martin Luther King, Desmond Jr., Desmond Tutu, Mother Teresa, 
Rosa Parks, Viola Davis, Greta Thunberg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Notorious Cree, Autumn Peltier, just to name a few people, and I'm sure you can come up with your own as well. And now I want you to think about the most famous Christian activists of all time. Who would that be? Jesus, yes. So the most famous Christian activist of all time was Jesus. Jesus was a rebel. He was an activist. He was one of those people who were so left-winged in his views and his teachings and his ministry that the leaders of Rome, they were angry. They were scared. They felt threatened. And they didn't like all of these oppositional things that Jesus was doing and teaching people. Jesus was challenging the system, the societal norms, the way of, of living that people had become accustomed to, and turned it upside down, sideways, backwards, with a double twist, back handspring, and stuck the landing. Jesus had a ministry following that not only included women, which was totally taboo in that time, but he also listened to the women and he valued their opinions and their insight. His ministry included people like the woman who was an adulterer being shamed and was about to be stoned. And Jesus says to the people who were going to stone her, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And what happened? All of her accusers slinked away one by one because they were sinners just like she was. Not one of us is better than the other. God loves each of us the exact same. That neighbor who blares their music at 3 a.m. waking you up on a regular basis, God loves that person the same as you. The drug addict who has given up everything, their home, children, to feed their addiction, God loves that person the same as you. The people who roll their eyes about acknowledging the land we are on so as to continue to work towards reconciliation with our indigenous siblings, God loves those people the same as you. The gay couple walking hand in hand down the street with their new adopted child. God loves those people the same as you. The person behind bars for going on a shooting rampage and killing many innocent people. God loves that person the same as you. A thought that has been continually surfacing for me this week is is there is enough room in the world for each of us to be who we are without having to make others small or make ourselves small. So there is enough space for everyone or we feel the need to cut someone or a group out because they are different. And it is actually hardwired in our system that we are to react adversely to anything that is different. It is called fight or flight. There's freeze as well, but fight or flight, and it's our primal instinct. So when that, something different comes at us, whatever it is, we react and either we stay and fight or we get ready to hit the road running. So it can't discern, that primal system in us can't discern if it's a angry, hungry tiger coming at us or maybe a teen that has spiked hair and many piercings all over that Feels, makes us feel a little uncomfortable. There's no discerning in that primal system. So we have to teach it. 
because it's important that we protect ourselves. So when something different challenges the norm, we need to be able to protect ourselves, and that's where the adrenaline comes from. So what we need to do is we need to fight that urge and know that when something different comes across our path, it's not a tiger that's going to harm us and kill us. It's something that we can take a deep breath, because that helps to calm our nervous system, root ourselves in God's love, and be curious about what is different. So you might be like, Pastor Jen, it's about time for you to wrap up, number one. But number two, why are you telling us all of this? What does this have to do with the scripture passage from today? Well, because friends, we are the rebels. We are the liberal left-wing people who are called to love our neighbors without judgment as ourselves. We are called to challenge the societal norms over and over again and to teach people how to love God and love each other. When Jesus chose Simon Peter, Andrew, James, and John to join him, he said, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Friends, we are the fishers of people. We invite people through our words, our actions, our stories, our lives to be rebels and be obedient disciples. And we need to remember that the crucial part of discipleship is trusting in the one who has called us to faithfully lead us from what is known and comfortable, our little happy place, into what is unknown and perhaps uncomfortable. As Christians, we are never promised to have an easy life where everything is all sunshine and rainbows and we are always happy as a clam. But when we put our hand in Jesus' hand, the one who has overcome the world, the one who calls us to follow him, the one who never forsakes us, the one who can do anything that we can do anything through because he gives us the strength, we can do all things. There's room at the table for everyone. Makes me think a little bit of a song by Zach Williams, a little less like me. I came across a song, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago, and the words were really powerful. So I just have the chorus and one verse to share with you as it ties in so nicely to our scripture passage today. So the verse goes like this. Oh, I want to feed the beggar on the street. Learn to be your hands and feet. Freely give what I receive. Lord, help me be. I want to put you first above all else. Love my neighbor as myself. In the moments no one sees. Lord, help me be. A little more like mercy. A little more like grace. A little more like kindness, goodness, love, and faith. A little more like patience, a little more like peace, a little more like Jesus, a little less like me. A little more of living everything I preach, a little more like Jesus, a little less like me. Oh, a little less like me. Jesus said, come, follow me, and be fishers of people. May it be so. Amen. God invites you every day to cast your nets so, the love of, so that the love of God and the joy of the Spirit 
might be known in people's lives. Through our offering today, your net is cast into this community through the ministry of Grace United Church in Canada and around the world. This morning's offering will now be received. I would invite you to stand as you're able and join in singing the offertory response hymn, More Voices, number 154, uh, verse 4 only of Deep in Our Hearts. Please stand. blessed are the meek. May we make our offerings as one this morning in humility and modesty, trusting that your blessing is upon us all. And all God's people said, Amen. Please be seated. <coughs> Please join your hearts with mine in a time of prayer. Let us pray. To God who welcomes all in love, let us pray for the good of the church and the concerns of those in need. We rejoice, loving God, for the opportunity to be here together 
to carry out your work as one unit in Christ. To bring hope to those despairing. To bring comfort to those bereaved. To bring healing to those who are sick. To bring understanding to those who are puzzled by life. To bring friendship to those who are lonely. To bring faith to those who are searching. And to offer up our own silent prayers now. Holy God, you gather the whole universe into your radiant presence and continually reveal your Son as our Savior. Bring healing to all wounds. Make whole all that is broken. Speak truth to all illusion and shed light in every darkness that all creation will see your glory and know your Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Please stand as you're able and join in singing our closing hymn, Voices United, number 402, We Are One, verses 1, 2, and 4. ready to leave Jesus prayed that all may be one so we have gathered here as one people we are disciples of Jesus Christ we will join together as one to break down the barriers of prejudice for an end to hatred and despair to search with passion for the truth to help each other in the spirit of compassion we will seek the unity of all of Christ's people and as one body of Christ we will remind everyone in the world how much they are loved by God and by each one of us. May it be so. Amen. will not let us go we 
Oh, 